Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 190 of the podcast. And in this episode of the podcast, I'm talking about Joe Judge and Brian Flores losing their head coaching positions and the overall failures of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Joe Judge has been let go by the New York Giants, and Brian Flores has surprisingly been fired by the Miami Dolphins. And what these two individuals have in common is that they are members of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Now, Bill Belichick is widely considered the greatest coach in NFL history. He's won six Super Bowls and at the moment has the second most wins in NFL history. And one of the only few knocks anyone has against him is that his coaching tree has not been very good in the NFL. And now you can add two more former assistants losing their head coaching positions. Let's look deeper at the history of the Bill Belichick coaching tree as head coaches. Former Pat's defensive coordinator, Romeo Cornell, had a 24-40 and record with the Cleveland Browns. Offensive coordinator Eric Mangini, once famously dubbed Mangenius after winning Coach of the Year in 2006. That same year, he made the postseason his first year as a coach, losing to Belichick and the Patriots. Now he's just known as the Spygate snitch. Mangini went 23-25 and with the Jets and 10-22 and with the Cleveland Browns. Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator of the best offense ever, the 2007 Pats, went 11-17 and with the Denver Broncos. Bill O'Brien was far better than most of them, going 52-48 and with two postseason wins with the Houston Texans, but was then ridiculed for trading DeAndre Hopkins. Matt Patricia went 13-29 and with the miserable Detroit Lions. Joe Judge was just 10-23 and with the New York Giants, and Brian Flores, even though he was well-respected, still only went 24 and 25 with the Miami Dolphins. And since I love to hammer home a point, these seven coaches, Crennel, Mangini, McDaniels, O'Brien, Patricia, Judge, and Flores, have a combined head coaching record of 167 and 229. That's 62 games below 500. That's a winning percentage of 421. Bill Belichick himself has a 290 and 143 record, winning 67% of his games. His assistants have haven't been half as good or even a quarter as good as he has, but they walk into these jobs with the bravado that they are as good as him. It's kind of hilarious. I think part of the problem is they are not used to being coaches of bad teams. Romeo Cornell was the defensive coordinator of three Super Bowl winning teams, and then he walks into the lonely Cleveland Browns who are not used to winning. The same with Mangini, the same with all of these coaches. They're not used to building up bad teams and making them good. They're used to walking into the New England Patriots who are already a superior football team from the rest. And I'm not saying these coaches should have won Super Bowls with these teams. Most of them did not again go to coach good teams. But I do think they all should have done better. And for the most part, they are the reasons their coaching stints did not end well. It's not the team's fault. And in some cases, they ended in embarrassing fashion. It also feels feels like they don't pay attention to each other's failures. Like Joe Judge should have gone to the New York Giants and been like, well, I saw what went wrong with Matt Patricia. I'm not going to act like that. They don't learn from each other's mistakes. They all think they're going to be the Bill Belichick assistant that becomes the great head coach and they do the exact same things that the one who did before them. Like it doesn't make any sense to their approach. They don't change it. They don't go, oh, this is how Matt Patricia 
Patricia failed. I'm not going to fail that way. Joe Judge did the exact same mistakes that Matt Patricia did with the Lions with the New York Giants. I also want to state this. Mike Vrabel does not count as a member of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. A lot of people want him to count because he's had a lot of success with the Tennessee Titans. They're the number one seed in the AFC right now. That is not the case. He was a player for Bill Belichick. To qualify for the coaching tree, you would have had to have coached under him. Only two of the seven coaches that I've mentioned lasted more than three seasons with the team, Cronell and O'Brien, and only O'Brien lasted more than five seasons, and only O'Brien had a winning record with the Houston Texans. Think about how we think about Bill O'Brien. We think of him as a laughingstock, a guy who is not a qualified leader of an NFL franchise, yet he is the best person on the Bill Belichick coaching tree. I think that says all it needs to be said about the Bill Belichick coaching tree. It's not very good if Bill O'Brien is the best coach to work under him. I think Bill O'Brien is the guy, though, that tried to act the most Bill Belichick-like. Like, I think he wanted to be the general manager of the Houston Texans because Bill Belichick was the general manager of the New England Patriots. I think Bill O'Brien is the reason why you should not have a head coach also be your general manager. I think Bill O'Brien is a really good NFL head coach. I think he is a super bad general manager. And even Bill Belichick's stint as a general manager is not pure perfection. Like, this guy misses on a lot of top draft picks. I mean, Bill Belichick cannot draft wide receivers. Bill Belichick cannot draft cornerbacks for the most part. I think Bill O'Brien would have been super successful just staying the head coach of the Houston Texans. But because he worked for Bill Belichick, he wanted more. He wanted what Belichick had. These guys are all chasing to be Bill Belichick, and Bill O'Brien was the closest to achieving that because he was named general manager of the Houston Texans, and then it all blew up in his face. I think there's been some real commonalities with all of these Belichick assistants failing as head coaches. Again, a lot of them come to these jobs with the air of confidence like they've been there before, and again, that's probably most likely because they coached on a team that perennially was going to and winning the Super Bowl. They've also taken this thing from Bill Belichick that they shouldn't have, how they deal with the media. At one point, Matt Patricia, while head coach of the Lions, once asked a reporter to be respectful and sit up. And at one point this season, Joe Judge hilariously had an 11-minute rant against the Washington football team and while defending his team, and he then refused to talk to Washington reporters. You don't get to act like that unless you are one of the best head coaches in all of football. That's why we accept this behavior from Bill Belichick. It's the same in basketball. It's why we accept that behavior from Greg Popovich. They're not being decent human beings to the reporters, but they are two of the best head coaches in American sports history, so they can get away with acting like that. Matt Patricia cannot get away acting like that, especially when he's the head coach of the Detroit Lions who can't win football games. The same for Joe Judge. You can't act like that unless you're winning 13 or 12 games a year. And these guys did not come anywhere close to that. Another thing I think these coaches have in common is that they are not really that well liked by their own players. Jay Cutler did not trust Josh McDaniels and they traded him away. Former Lions Eric Ebron and Darius Slay rejoiced when Patricia lost his job with the Lions. Former Giants wide receiver Golden Tate has been 
critical of how demanding Judge is on his players. And with Flores, there was that odd moment where he played Jay-Z music to motivate receiver Kenny Stills, who was speaking out against ownership. Players in modern times will only take demanding coaches if it leads to winning. And in none of these cases did that happen. Some of them have also made the most questionable coaching decisions in NFL history. Joe Judge this season hilariously called a third and nine quarterback sneak against Washington. And Josh McDaniels had issues of his own. In 2009 with Denver, McDaniels and the Broncos were punished by the league for videotaping a 49ers walkthrough practice. This was two years after McDaniels had been with the Patriots during Spygate. And then, of course, there's what he did with the Colts, accepting their head coaching job only to turn around and go back to the Patriots and get a pay bump from them. And we can also talk about another reason why these coaches have not had the same success as Bill Belichick. They have not had Tom Brady as their quarterback. That is a key factor. None of them have coached what I would call a great quarterback. I mean, Eric Mangini had Brett Favre that one season, but that was an older Brett Favre. None of them have coached great quarterbacks. And that includes Matthew Stafford in Detroit. He's a really good quarterback, but I do not think of him as someone who can overcome the issues with that football team. Clearly, that's the case. Yes, Matthew Stafford is now great with the Rams, but that was not the case with the Lions. He cannot be the best player on your football team, and he is not the best player on the Rams currently. Brian Flores had Tua, who's a good quarterback, not a great one. And as bad as I think Joe Judge was as the head coach of the New York Giants, he was given Daniel Jones. There's not that much promise in that guy. I think he's an average quarterback at best, and his best player on offense was running back Saquon Barkley, who could barely play. He wasn't healthy enough to be there for him, so I don't think that's all Joe Judge's fault. Even though I think he was a big clown with the organization, I don't think all of their failures rest on his shoulders. The biggest reason why Bill O'Brien had the most success out of this group, because he had Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. The NFL really does sometimes come down to who is your quarterback. Bill O'Brien is not thought of as a really good head coach, but he had a winning record, and that's mostly because of Deshaun Watson. I think it's interesting to point out that Bill Belichick himself was part of a great coaching tree. That's the coaching tree of Hall of Famer Bill Parcells, whose tree consists of Bill Belichick, a six-time Super Bowl champ, Tom Coughlin, a two-time Super Bowl champ, who both times beat Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, and Sean Payton, who has a Super Bowl title with the New Orleans Saints. Compare that to Belichick's coaching tree, and only one of his former assistants have even won a playoff game. Again, that's Bill O'Brien. Let's take a look at Andy Reid's coaching tree. It consists of John Harbaugh, Super Bowl winner, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winner, Ron Rivera went to a Super Bowl, Sean McDermott brought Bills to an AFC title game. I mean, I don't know if this should affect Bill Belichick's legacy as a head coach, but I do think it shows that maybe Bill Belichick is not the best mentor to young upcoming coaches in the NFL because none of them have worked out, yet these other guys have been better at mentoring successful coaches in the NFL. Again, I don't know if this should affect Belichick's legacy as the best coach of all time because I do think he is the best NFL head coach of all time, but I do think it shows he is not a very good mentor. And I do think that's part of being a coach. Again, he mentors his players. That's great. But maybe he should do a better job of 
mentoring his assistants because again they're not just failing as head coaches they're epically failing they're embarrassing at times all of these coaches have had some significant issues with their organizations that they are the head coaches of and they all end in embarrassment like even Brian Flores we all respected Brian Flores and then all of a sudden he's dumped by the Miami Dolphins there's got to be something going on there these guys do not act normally when they become head coaches and I think a lot of that falls on the shoulders of Bill Belichick he is not doing a good enough job of guiding his assistants to become head coaches and we all get the same feeling when one of these guys loses their jobs they're going to come right back to the Patriots to work under Bill that's what happened to Josh McDaniels now he's had a great second stint with the Patriots they've won what three Super Bowls and now he's having maybe one of his best seasons as offensive coordinator with a rookie quarterback that's great now Matt Patricia is working in the front office like I just don't understand what's going on here when they come back the second time is he doing a better job of mentoring them I don't know I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Judge lands back on the staff of the New England Patriots because that's what just seems to happen when these guys lose their jobs it does seem like Brian Flores is going to get a second chance quicker than the rest of them like he is a candidate right now at some pretty good head coaching jobs in the NFL if I were him the one place I would want to land is with the Chicago Bears they have a very good defense they have Justin Fields that feels like a team that could be on the rise Matt Nagy has failed that team for far too long bring in Brian Flores and I think he can help turn that ship around some of these guys tenures with these teams ended so badly that they will probably never get a second opportunity to be a head coach I would be shocked if Matt Patricia is ever given a chance to be the head coach of a football team again the same for Joe Judge that's how bad things ended with him and the Giants that's how bad things ended with Patricia and the Lions these guys were so embarrassing they don't deserve second chances to be NFL head coaches and that's probably the most embarrassing thing about the Bill Belichick coaching tree the NFL loves to hire retread head coaches even if they weren't very good most of these guys get second opportunities but with the Belichick coaching tree that's not the case again McDaniels does not have a second stint with the team he was offered one with the Colts but then he walked away and now I have real doubts if he is one of the top candidates this offseason is Josh McDaniels going to be the next head coach of the New York Giants and if so how does that make the Giants look so they fired Joe Judge who was a guy under the Bill Belichick coaching tree that led them in a disastrous way and now they're going to bring in Josh McDaniels that feels like a questionable decision and then you have the Houston Texans who have Nick Casario who as their general manager Casario used to famously work for the New England Patriots and now it seems like he wants to bring in a former Pats assistant to be the next head coach of the Houston Texans when again that already failed with Bill O'Brien all of these teams want to be the New England Patriots but you're not going to be the New England Patriots unless you get Bill Belichick to be your next head coach because these guys are not Bill Belichick Brian Flores is not Bill Belichick Eric Mangini is not Bill Belichick Romeo Cornell is not Bill Belichick Joe Judge is not Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels Bill O'Brien and Matt Patricia are not Bill Belichick and they will never end up being Bill Belichick. So add two more Belichick assistants who didn't pan out as first-time head coaches. Maybe Flores will thrive in his second spot, and I do think McDaniel
Daniels will do far better in his second chance, but one has to wonder overall why teams are still interested in hiring Belichick disciples to be their face of their franchise. There's talks that teams are interviewing Gerard Mayo, and I get it, it's a case-by-case basis, and at some point, one Pat's assistant is going to be a great head coach, right? If I were running a team, I might want to go after different candidates, because over the last 15 years or so, Pat's assistants have not been on the list of the best head coaches in the NFL, and most of the time, they're on the list of the worst head coaches in the NFL. One thing I do find kind of funny is that some of these coaches have their best games against Bill Belichick and the Pats. Matt Patricia was 1-0 against Bill with a 26-10 victory. Josh McDaniels was 1-0 with an overtime victory. Brian Flores was 4-2 against Bill Belichick and the Patriots because for them, that's probably their Super Bowl and for Bill Belichick, that's just another football game. And for as much as I've ridiculed all seven of these former head coaches on this podcast, I do want to say I understand that there's probably a lot of pressure to live up to the status that Bill Belichick has. I mean, the guy is their mentor. They, of course, want to turn around these teams like Bill Belichick turned around the Patriots. I mean, when Belichick came to the Patriots, they had only been to, like, what, two Super Bowls? Now they are a six-time Super Bowl champion, and I do feel like most of the blame for all of these head coaching failures resign on the head coach themselves, but I do think a small portion of the blame should go to Bill Belichick. He has not been the mentor, clearly, that these head coaches need, and I do wonder how he reacts when these guys fail as head coaches. Does he console them? Does he try to teach them? Are they learning from these mistakes? That's why I really want to see Josh McDaniels get a second chance to be a head coach. Is he going to learn from what happened in Denver, or is he just going to keep repeating history of Bill Belichick assistants being really bad NFL head coaches? I'm rooting for McDaniels. I hope Brian Flores turns it around, because I am sick and tired of talking about how bad the Bill Belichick coaching tree is, but the reality is, they're just so bad, you can't ignore how bad they've been. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The greatest head coach in the history of football has probably the worst coaching tree in the history of football. Those two things does not add up, and at some point, things need to change, because if those were seven guys who have failed as head coaches, if the list goes to like 10 or 15, then we really have a problem. I just want the cycle to end. I want them to either stop getting head coaching opportunities, or for one of them to finally become a very good NFL head coach. There is a small part of me that is an agent of chaos and would love if the one Belichick assistant who turned out to be a great NFL coach was Steve Belichick. I mean, we look at Steve Belichick and his tongue is out and we think of him as a psycho. It would be hilarious if he ended up being the best coach of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. I think that would be the most fitting end to how bad the Bill Belichick coaching tree has been. I mean, it keeps getting worse. I mean, we thought Matt Patricia was going to be the worst and then Joe Judge comes in and goes, I'm going to be even worse than that. At some point, someone has to turn out to be a good head coach in the Bill Belichick coaching tree or it's going to be a tree that's not worth talking about at all. The thing I want to most, most of all is does Bill Belichick even care? Like, does he look at these failures of these former assistants as failures of his own or is it just another day at work for Bill Belichick because he just keeps on winning? That's what I want to know. Does Bill Belichick care? 
care about the failures of his former assistant coaches as head coaches. The truth is we'll never know, but he should care because I do think it looks a little bit bad on him. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>